Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 4K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about out-of-the-box thinking for retirement plan providers. Of course, first things first, that 4KSite.com for our live events. Uh, still up in the air if we're going to hold them. Oakland, um, not much interest in that one. Detroit, hopefully on May the 3rd. Uh, that 4K national virtual conference for next January will be free for the sh- short time soon. Sign up uh, if you get the email and whatnot. I think we're going to probably do a virtual plan sponsor event. And then I believe on uh, March the 9th, uh, we'll be doing a live that 4 k virtual bunch. Ask Ari anything, send questions, whatnot, and um, should be interesting. And we're probably going to, going to reach out to some folks and schedule a roundtable, um, which I – we had a lot of fun doing at the virtual conference and people have suggested that we should do it, you know, every now and then we're not going to be, you know, don't have the, uh, situation with the retire hogs where we could do it every week. And I think what we do is something different, uh, that they're doing, you know, bringing, you know, a couple of different people here and there and whoever is available. And, uh, we can never compete with what they do. I think they do a fantastic job with, uh, with their, uh, uh, live, uh, recordings and whatnot. But anyway, go to that 4ksite.com for further information. So out-of-the-box thinking for retirement plan providers. Uh, you know, I come out with ideas. Some of them are very good and some of them are really damn awful. Uh, I guess, you know, maybe hosting an event in Oakland is not exactly one of the greatest ideas that I ever had. Um, I've always been interested in new ideas, things that are different. Uh, I remember law school, you know, people are telling me, well, it's always been done this way. Well, what if it's always been done wrong? Um, I never feel that you should be wedded to something because it's always been done that way. It was the same way when I was at Meyer Swazi. I knew that social media was going to be the future of, of generating clients. And without help from our, um, without help from our law firm, without help from my law firm partners, there was no way I was going to generate the business that I needed to. And I needed a mechanism to, you know, develop relationships. I thought social media was going to be that way. The average age of the law firm partners was 67. I knew 13 years ago they were not going to be doing very well. And, you know, now they're down, I think they've closed about 40% of their offices, and they're down about 50% from when I left. When I was the synagogue vice president, I said, I'm sick and tired of seeing the same events. They do, they do the casino nights, they do a journal nights, and then they do a goods and services auction night. And that was it. Um... And I always felt like, you know what, non-members money is better than members money because it's new um, and, you know, you're not hitting the same people over and over again. So I came up with the idea. Uh, my buddy, uh, Doug Goodstein, worked for the Howard Stern Show, so he had a relationship with the people. We had Sal the Stockbroker from the Howard Stern Show do a fundraiser. Uh, we had 200 people. About 90% of them or 80% of them were not members. That helped. That was great. That was fantastic. Um, and you know, I, I just, uh, I thought about it recently because, um, WrestleMania will be in, uh, Inglewood at SoFi Stadium. So, um, one of the synagogues locally is running an event. They're calling it Mitzvah Mania with all these Jewish professional wrestlers. And I just got a kick out of it because I mean, my, I'm like, wow, there's, there's one event that's better than mine. But, you know, I've come up, always come up with the ideas, you know, I was, you know, the attorney, head attorney at a TPA and, 
I kind of knew that we were going to be at death's door because I knew that being producing, you know, PPA, pocketing revenue sharing without disclosing the clients was going to not happen anymore. There was going to be a day where I was going to be ending because I thought fee disclosure was just inevitable. And that was in 2007. That was five years ahead, ahead of the time. We thought Congress was going to act, but eventually took the Department of Labor to implement it. And, you know, listen, uh, it worked out. Now, I wish sometimes I had the same luck with the lottery numbers, but that's a whole nother story. But in terms of out-of-the-box ideas, number one, trying virtual events. You know, I started that 4 k conference in 2018 um, for a time to plan advisors. It was kind of my, you know, noticing how much expensive it was to, you know, sponsor these events, these national events, and, you know, trying to get something interesting going. Uh, you know, I wasn't speaking at the big national events anymore. They were still utilizing the same two or three ERISA attorneys. So we ran it in New York at City Field in 2018. Chicago, Philly, uh, L.A., St. Pete. I mean, we ran nine events in 2019. 2020, we tried a, a national event. Um, you know, not a good idea to have a national event just as the pandemic was breaking, but that's life. Uh, you know, um, with uh, you know, COVID now, you know, when you had a badly, what you thought was a badly attended event where, you know, in L.A. you have 25 advisors or Cleveland or wherever it was. Um, now, these days, after COVID, you, you, you wish you get 25 advisors. That's how bad it's become in getting attendance for people to attend live events. People have gotten used to virtual, and so they don't want to go attend live. They realize virtual works just as well, if not better, because, you know, you save on time, you save on travel. And... Um, you know, I have that with clients, you know, these clients uh, where I represent on committee meetings, uh, the days of live meetings, I still don't have one. You know, I, 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 represent, I work as a 316 on a school on Long Island, and to this day, uh, we haven't gone back to live committee meetings, and, and I don't think that we're ever going to go back. That's just the nature of it. And... Um, you know, live events, I love it. I, I you know, I, again, I, I'll never say never. We'll, that we'll never do it. I mean, there's still the hope that maybe we'll do Yankee Stadium, if not in June, maybe in September. I don't know. Um, but, you know, if you look at the virtual events, I mean, they're just so inexpensive to run. Uh, your your Zoom, you know, my Zoom subscription is 150 bucks a month. I got to have unlimited meetings and webinars and all that, and I probably should utilize it uh, more because I got more downtime. Uh, but you know, they're easier to promote. Uh, you don't have to pay for catering. Um, and you could have providers around the country partake in it within the confines of their own home. Still kind of interesting when you, when you do these zoom meetings and people have these backgrounds and, um, virtual and not virtual. And you see that most of the people are still not in the office. So, you know, to me, live events are no different than people balking from, you know, going back to the office. And my wife started, um, you know, law firm about six months ago. Actually, it's longer now. And she negotiated. She's going to, you know, go to the office two days a week. Um, and, you know, she, she, I don't think she, there'll be a day where she'll want to go five days a week on Long Island Railroad. Next on the hit list, um, de minimis stuff. Uh, one of the quirkiest rules I always thought was the contingent benefit rule which is kind of like a gospel 
you can't uh, you can't contingent benefits on people making a 401k side deferral or not. And I remember that coming up when I was working at uh, Meyer Swazi with a union dealing with a, a contribution that we wanted to get into the 401k plan or into some sort of retirement plan and how that would affect deferrals and all that. And we kept on butting our heads against contingent benefit rule. So you can't contingent benefits on the making or not making of solid deferrals, except for matching contributions. That was That's the big exception. Now, the second exception is uh, under Secure 2.0, plan sponsors will now be able to offer de minimis financial incentives such as gift cards, t-shirts, or other tchotchkes, as I call it, um, to plan participants to, to, to defer into a 401k plan. But it's got to be de minimis. Um, you, know, um, you know, New York Ranger tickets are not de minimis. I was wanted to go to Sunday's game, and I should have bought the tickets, you know, when they were you know, two fifty each, but when they were five hundred dollars each, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to the garden. Three tickets at five hundred bucks a pop, that's fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, this ain't the Stanley Cup uh, finals, so no thanks. But uh, I've always joked that most enrollment meetings are like funerals, uh, just less entertaining. Um, and uh, I think that you know this, the minimus rule can go a long way as long as plan providers are kind of unique, um, you know, coming up with different ideas. I don't, I don't think pens do it anymore. Everybody, you know, here's a pen. Thornton Mellon gave away pens and back to school, but I don't, I don't think pens do it. I don't think, you know, Frisbees do it. Uh, you know, something that's unique and interesting to me, a gift card is, man, that's, that's what I want. I want a gift card. Um, I remember, uh, there was a salesperson at, uh, Geller who, who arrived. He, he still works in the business. He, he's still, he doesn't like me about, you know, some of the things that went down at Geller that, you know, didn't concern him, but. I, I will have to say, he you know, he came in from another TPA, and I remember him giving me, like, a $25, like, gift card. It was, I think it was, like, a, one of those, you know, uh, prepaid Visa cards. And I was really impressed. I mean, he didn't have to do that, and he did it. And, you know, I doesn't mean I worked harder for him, but it just, I, I, to me, it was, it was just, like, a really nice thing to do. Now, he wouldn't piss on me if my ass was on fire, but that's, that's a whole nother story. And... You know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, Subway, I, I wouldn't give anybody a Subway gift card. Oh, my God, that's, uh, I'd rather give them nothing. But that's how I how I always see things. It's always interesting with me is uh, I'm a malcontent in the sense that if you give me some gifts, you know, there's a problem and whatnot. And uh, I think de minimis incentives would go a long way. Um as, and and I, I think it's an opportunity for plan sponsors to really, again, be, be creative. Um, and this is the way to do it. You know, uh, again, uh, I had a cousin. It's like a first cousin once removed, I think. It's my mother's first cousin. She was like involved in that tchotchke business, you know, company pens and all that stuff and bags and all that stuff. I, I think something a little bit more. Like I said, Amazon.com gift card. My, if you, uh, again, uh, one of the things, I, I, I'm not a gift person. I don't like gifts. So while I record this, I'm constantly getting interrupted. Everybody's calling me. Uh, that's called life. Next on the hit list, um, focusing on Super IRAs with a 2024 rule change a lot of people may not be aware of. Under current law, we have that kind of simple IRA exclusive plan rule, which says you can't really terminate a simple IRA during mid-year. 
Um, and pretty soon, uh, you know, it was always a wrench when it was you, you presented by a salesperson. Oh, they have a simple plan. And I'm like, oh, I hate that because that means they can't set it up until next year. Or we try some, you know, Fakakta thing of backing out contributions and all that stuff. It's just, it's just such a headache. But um, thankfully, um, they changed the rule for us in 2024. Uh, eligible employer can terminate a simple IRA mid-year as long as they replace it with a simple 401k, a safe harbor 401k, a 401k plan with a quacka, or the new starter 401k. And uh, I think that this is a great opportunity to push people out into 401k plans, you know, push for people for PEPs. Um, and uh, I, I think they're huge. I'm not a big fan of these starter 401k plans that are going to come out um, come into play. Uh, they're sound deferral only safe harbor plans, and they have uh, they're really just like a simple 401k in terms of I mean simple like IRA in terms of only like a six thousand dollar deferral and thousand dollar catch up. I, I'd want to push people to a 401k plan. And uh, I like quackers. I like safe harbors. And you know. That's it. So again, another phone call interrupting, but that's life. Um, so the simple plans to me, um, I think that it's a tremendous opportunity to grow peps, grow you know small plans as well. You know, I know people you know tend to dismiss these plans. Oh, they don't have that much assets, but you know what? They're million dollar, you know, multi million dollar plans out there that started with nothing. Uh, same same way I feel about state mandated programs. I think that that is an excellent way for. Um, uh, peps to be grown, you know, uh, I, I know, you know, we had a discussion, a lot of people, you know, when I had the discussion over, uh, we did talk about Secure Act uh, at the National Virtual Event, and there were certain people not liking these mandatory provisions, and, you know, uh, I understand from that whole Milton Friedman, Friedman perspective, we, we should force these things on people, but uh, I kind of like the idea um, that, uh, you know, the state requires plans to cover their employees. I think increased retirement plan coverage is a good thing for individual participants. I think it's a great thing for the industry. So obviously I think that, um, you know, I find that uh, uh, while PEPs are a difficult thing to certainly grow, um, I'm certainly being involved in a lot of growing pains and whatnot with some of the PEPs that I'm with. Um, I, I just think that they're a terrific opportunity uh, to uh, deal with uh, employers that certainly don't want to have uh, to be covered under a, a state plan. They'd want to have their own plan than rather dealing with the state government. I think people have this kind of uh, um, negative view of government-run retirement plans. I mean, if you see the Social Security uh, business, uh, it was a great way for folks, you know, back in the day, uh, I, I think when they started Social Security, you know, you get payments at 65, and uh, and um, they did that when the, um, I want to say life expectancy was about 64. So uh, I think that that's why, you know, studies have shown that, you know, people are very wary of state-mandated programs, and so if they're given the opportunity of a private sector-type retirement plan, whether it's a standalone or a PEP, I think these are, you know, the plans that they're going to go for. Last but not least, 
don't focus on fads. And I remember uh, even with my kids, you know, certain the fads that came through, Beanie Boos, which was an offshoot of Beanie Babies. I remember Beanie Babies being a craze. I had a cousin of mine, which had daughters, and they were buying left and rights of these Beanie Babies. And I remember um, my parents came back with these Beanie Babies from China, and I remember we sold one for like 2000 bucks. Uh, which was incredible, and then the, the business cratered. And um, uh, with my kids, I, I remember was those uh, what those fidget, you know, items, the spinners, and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, Beanie Boos, um, Funko Pops. Now is the big fad. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, it was certainly like sport flicks and garbage pail kids and. Cabbage Patch Kids and Beanie Babies and Sport Flicks when I was a collector in 86 and 87 because, you know, the cards, you know, switched. They, they made magic motion photos. And when I talk about fads and the retirement plan business, in my opinion, crypto, 401k investments, and ESG investing are fads. Um, I, you know, again... I invest in Bitcoin, uh, as it stands right now, at 23 and change. I'm still back in the red. Or am I in black? I, don't, I never know. But I'm losing money on it. Not much. Uh, for about a week, I was making money. But, uh, again, Bitcoin, heavily unregulated. Um, I mean, that's the point of it all. Uh, you know, the government isn't running it, so why would you put it in a government-run retirement plan? And while there is a senator now, Tommy Tuberville, who used to be Auburn's coach, wasn't he? Uh, he's a senator. He put out a bill trying to push crypto into a 401k plan. That, that's going to go nowhere as long as you have a Republican, um, a Democrat Senate, and a, a Democrat White House. That might change, but until that changes, why deal with it? Yeah, I mean, there. Will I? Am I going to hear say on this podcast we will never have crypto in four hundred and one k? I can see the day when we will have crypto in four hundred and one k, and that could be simply as a change in the congressional and, and White House leadership come twenty twenty four, and that's the same way I feel about ESG funds. Again, I'm not a big fan of ESG funds. I've never. I don't think I've ever invested in ESG funds. Right now, if you look at my private money. Uh, I'm heavily, not heavily, but I got, you know, good, uh, good, uh, investments in ExxonMobil and Philip Morris and, you know, kind of weird as the guy who's the lifetime non-smoker, but, uh, I'm not Philip Morris, Altria. And, uh, that, that's just my thing. Uh, I always believe that it's the fiduciary's role to pick the best, um, the best, uh, you know, investments for plant participants to invest in. And you cannot convince me that an ESGA fund is one of those best investments out there. It's a sector fund. I don't really necessarily think that sector funds really belong in a 401k plan. I know, you know, over time, I when I started in the 401k plan business, the first plans I've had had technology funds. You know, some have real estate funds. But ESGA funds, to me, always undercuts what the market's doing. And... This is just a rule implemented by the Biden White House. And listen, if Trump or DeSantis or Nikki Haley or whatever takes over the White House, that will, you know, I certainly know when DeSantis would come in, that will certainly going to be one of the first ones he's going to knock out because he probably thinks it's woke or whatever it is. And I don't go into that crappy woke nonsense. There are people who want 
who feel that ESG investments, you know, stand for a good thing and, and whatnot. And that's great. I think that if you want to do that in your own private money, the capitalism allows you to do that. But I just don't think it's something that, you know, plant participants want. I don't think that's plant participants need. And I only have like a handful of plans over the last 20 some odd years that added an ESG funds to their fund lineup. Nobody's really clamoring for it, you know, unless, you know, unless I'm running the 401k plan for Beyond Foods or something, and I'm not. Uh, obviously, some, you know, uh, employees uh, of different companies may express an interest in ESG funds, but, you know, the electrical contracting firm that, you know, I'm trying to help with on their retirement plan, they're not going to go for ESG funds. Um, you know, the school out by me, they're, they're not interested in that as well. So uh, that's how I see it. I just look to me, it's like it's, it's a new thing. That's great. It's fantastic. But I don't think that there's really that much interest in it. So anyway, that's this episode of that 401k podcast. Next week, uh, we'll have another topic, obviously, and go to that 401ksite.com for further information on all our events. And, you know, stay tuned for those emails talking about that 401k, uh, the 401k virtual bunch, uh, March the 10th, March the 9th, Thursday, 4 p.m., and, uh, you know, sign up for free on that 401k national virtual conference while it's still free. And uh, that's it. Hope uh, you tune in next week. Thanks. Bye.